Hello, welcome to Inmo Soundpost. I'm Roberta Lazo Valenzuela, and we are here talking to Nava Hemyari about her new piece, Euthanasia. Euthanasia, yeah. So thank you, actually, for your piece. And um, maybe the first question I will have is, first, if you can introduce yourself. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, um, I came to Vienna when I was 18. I had experimented a little bit with the, with the piano um, and other instruments, but because I didn't have a discipline to just play an instrument, I um, thought maybe composition would be something more suitable for me. And um, then I moved to Vienna to study it at the University of Music and Performing Arts. And um, then I got interested into electroacoustic field and, and that's... Um, like how I did my master's in a sense. But uh, you arrived eventually to, let's say, instrumental music. Um, like this is a string quartet, right? Um, it's it's for four instruments. There is another version. And this is actually not a new piece. It's from 2000, I think, um, if I'm not mistaken, 2019 or something. It's for four instruments. Um, so um, the first uh, performance was with a horn, clarinet, um, violin, and viola. So it could be for any four kind of instruments. And um, I do compose um, electroacoustic music as well and sound installations. Um, yeah, I, I think it's funny. Maybe I mostly compose for instruments, but um, yeah. It kind of swings between the two, um, like depending on where it's the performance and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. And um, uh, you also, I know this is an inside uh, knowledge. I know that you also do film, and yeah. And so I'm interested also if you can tell us about that. How did you arrive to film? If it was before, in between the music studies, and how are these two connected? Um, well, um, they're kind of not connected at all because um, music is very abstract and I like it to be abstract. You're not like trying to say something about anything. And um, I, I missed being a bit more precise with the things that I want to say, like telling stories. And I thought film medium would be more suitable for such a thing. So I started writing stuff and, and um, like directing them in a sense. And that's how I got into the film medium. And um, but it does not really have anything to do with the music, the films. Um, and um, I, I got also interested in the music theater medium because this is also kind of a more precise form of storytelling with music. After I uh, saw the Lohengrin uh, from Salvatore Sciarino, his his um, opera, which is a mono opera for one singer and a chamber orchestra. Um, it was so <laughs> influencing that um, that I just thought, okay, I need to do something like that. So that's also what I'm doing um, often, like telling stories, like like a little mini music theater projects. Yeah, super nice. And as a, also as a side note, I know as well that you sing. <laughs> oh yeah, All right. And this is, I think, I'm trying to also that the people who are listening to get to know a little bit more about you um, in the way that all of these parts of you, I think, make you who you are. And of course, musically, it's very interesting. But also, um, I really like that the people know what happens behind this kind of composer image that it's usually so, I don't know, focused on like 
instrumental music and composition and written music, but there's so much more happening usually. So that's why I want to like, let like keep asking you things so you can get <laughs> give us more information about you. Um, how is this? Can you tell me a little bit about the the singing part of your life? Sure. Um, the singing it started. Um, I mean, I did experiment a lot, and I realized that I have a very high range of voice. And um, yeah, then I did this piece. It's called Squeak for violin and voice. And or I basically tried to uh, explore this high range of my voice. And after that, um, I thought, okay, this could work. So I started performing works of colleagues and also um, myself. Then a colleague of ours who is also in Inmoas, Oscar Gigla, uh, he, he uh, wrote a piece uh, for me and, and the guitar player, Maria Bunea. And um, with her, um, we also started doing early music. So I, I was also always interested in early music, like Renaissance and Baroque, early Baroque. And um, so that's also the singing part. I do mostly early music and contemporary music. Super cool. I actually, these are like um, also my favorite kind of uh, singing style, let's say, uh, early music. So I completely, it resonates completely with me. And maybe it's not related to you, but I felt the worst this kind of rock and roll baroque renaissance energy in this piece that i heard now uh like you know i always relate these two things although <laughs> people don't understand it usually but i think they're completely connected like all of this rock and like metal and uh, you know all of these electric guitar solos for me they come completely from this time where the soloists or or the whole ensembles were just like super strongly playing you know and giving it all this color that's metallic the violins are usually like very metallic and they have this rough but like full of color sound you hear all the harmonics and all of this and in this piece that you wrote now um with Nisha it's like uh, I hear the energy of you know this Vivaldi style rough beginning and maybe I mean, this is also very present in contemporary music. And maybe I'm, you know, just relating these two things together because I know that you sing uh, early music. But I ask you, therefore, is there, like for you, in this piece particularly, a, somehow a, a connection or like, a, maybe not a connection, but were you influenced or inspired or, you know, from this also uh, other music style no that's fine <laughs> because um this is a graphically notated um score yeah so it was a practice for a class we were supposed to write um scores with graphical notation and um the color was kind of absent in, in the in the score because i basically wrote it for any four instruments uh that's um one of the concepts of graphical notation you know you leave a lot of parameters um to be chosen later and um so maybe maybe it's because this version it's all with all instruments and it has some fast figures it gets like a vivaldi color but um if you listen to it with the horn and the clarinet one it sounds very different if you if people would sing it it would also i assume sound different so so the color has not been a part of a part of the choosing 
um, criteria process. But um, yeah, it, it was just the idea of starting um, small sentences, which are played fast and have them get stretched through time, but not at the same time. So you don't feel how it's getting slower. You just start at a very fast point and then in the end, it, it's all stretched very long. And ideally, you don't know how you landed in that um, last, um, those last moments in which like the phrases are very slow. <laughs> yeah. No, that's actually uh, what I said at the beginning. That's really clear and very nicely done because you, like you said, you don't really feel from this point, everyone slows down, but it's like very gradually happening. And this is a great effect, actually. Um, would uh, would you, I don't know if, because the, the title is kind of um, heavy and I imagine there's a story behind, but I don't know if you want to share it or not, but I it's hard not to ask. <laughs> what sure. You well, sure, sure. Um, well, I usually, when I compose, I have two approaches for titles. Um, I either choose um, very irrelevant titles. I, I have a piece for piano. It's called um, Allgemeines Verwaltungsrecht, which means General Administrative Law. And it doesn't have anything to do with the piece. And there are like these series of pieces that I have uh, for, for them. I choose words which describe the process uh, of the music. So um, euthanasia is like this, this process of like having a medication and then slowly going to sleep, which in this case uh, is what's happening in this piece. You know, it's kind of like stopping to breathe. And um, that's how the name was chosen because it describes the musical process. It really it was not sure to ask because I thought maybe well, there's like a personal story behind that. And uh, I don't know, I was a little bit, but... Um, <laughs> uh, well, no, I mean, uh, uh, suicide definitely and death... Uh, something uh, very uh, interesting for me. I like the mo all films that I've made have something to do, for example, with death. So um, yeah, it's a uh, it is like uh, maybe connected in that manner. But uh, I think in this case, it's just uh, a description of what's happening musically. How how is the the methods for composing that you use? Um, apart from you said this is, was an, an exercise so I understand it's much more like methodic than other pieces probably but um, are they how do you approach this composing a piece like you know this confronting yourself to the blank page like as we all do and um, we all have our little tricks and so and since you again have so many other uh, abilities and talents like the film you for sure have to other methods to to deal with making a film and singing and interpreting others people's music as well you have other ways of um, working with that but composing of course it's another world and yet maybe i'm curious to know if you have methods of working that are somehow um, used in all of these other <clears throat> let's say platforms of creation that you have um, sure. Um, well, I think I am a very strict formalist, <laughs> if, if I can call myself that. So form is very important to me, like the development of phrases. I could also call myself sort of a minimalist because um, I have trouble having too many different phrases or, or things in my pieces. I usually can use only three 
And the fun usually is for me to make these three elements work in a specific amount of time. Uh, so the process is usually so that I try to get a catalog of the colors that can be produced by the instruments um, or, or whatever I'm writing for. Um, and according to those colors, then I, I pick um, what's more interesting to me. And then I try to like formally uh, put them in, in a specific amount of time. So um, if I'm doing instrumental composition, that's usually the, the process. Um, with text, it's very easy to, to have a form, to have a beginning and an end because the text starts and it ends. And um, you could usually be like try to reflect certain things that are happening in the text. Uh, in the music, I, I, I remember your piece, for example, that we filmed in which um, the music reflects many aspects of, of the text. So that's also one of the methods, like to have a text, either I write it or I just take it and try to um, write music for it. That's also um, one of the things I do, yeah. Nice. Um, it's so funny that you say that you're uh, like a formalist <laughs> because uh, that's a, the first thing I thought again when I listened to this piece. And now that you say it's an exercise, it makes sense. But uh, I it's for me surprising that you're somehow comfortable with that and yet you don't lose your voice if by having this kind of structure already very... Um, yeah, focused from the beginning. Um, I really, it's funny because no, no, sorry. no. <laughs> it's um, I had a teacher, uh, Wolfgang Supan. I mean, he's not a serialist, but he's very clear with his form. And um, he told me that he, I, I talked to him also. Uh, it can be found on the internet. The talk he told me that he does not really advise his students to have this serialistic formal approach i don't know he shared it with me i'm so honored that he did and he was saying that because he's a very chaotic person personally he needs this um order <laughs> in his music and maybe that's the case also with me because i'm a very chaotic person and um this is the only place where i can just put things into their place you know? and it makes so much sense i think i mean that's exactly why I, i like also to talk with the composers and to have these kind of sessions because i get to imagine and to know and understand things that otherwise i would have not understand in the music you know and uh, yeah maybe i'm interested also in asking about i mean maybe not your personal life but how do you somehow connect how do you live your life as a creator uh, in all of these mediums Um, and how this is related also to your personal life, because of course it affects, you know, how you live. Do you also about the inspiration, for example, uh, do you, you just said you're very kind of down to earth and specific and structured, uh, but does, where does this impulse to write music, for example, come from? It, does it come from this search for structure that maybe otherwise in your normal daily life is not so concrete or do you find uh, inspiration in other things and then you can kind of narrow it down and, and manipulate them in the music? Um, that's a very good question. Um, well, I write music, I do stuff just to get uh, entertained. So like, you know, life is boring. So <laughs> try to do something. So um, they're pure entertainment for me. And um On the other hand, uh, I, I always also see myself as a consumer. So when I'm 
creating something, I put myself in a place of the audience. So I'm like, oh, if, if I would hear like this, then I would like it. So um, that's how uh, I, I approach um, those things. Also with the films, you know, I would like, if I saw this film like this, I would like it and I would enjoy it. So that's one of the things. And the, uh, I don't know, like um, for music, for composition, you usually get a commission, you know, so that's inspiration in a sense because you have to write for a certain instrument and I, I research the instrument uh, and, and then I write for it. Mm, but uh, I don't know how I get inspirations in life. Like generally when you go to museums, when you watch films, all these external stuff, they they give you um, sources. But I also talk to strangers a lot on the street, like when they come and approach me and think weird things come out of <laughs> these encounters. For example, recently um, there was this guy who approached me uh, near the metro and he uh, asked me what I do in Vienna. And I said that I'm a musician. And he asked me how many strings a harp has. <laughs> and I was so embarrassed that I don't know. This. Really? And uh, I've written for harp. And, and I was like, I'm sorry, I don't know. And he said 47. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of also a strange kind of thing to ask, right? Like why, especially, I mean, we have this as composers all the time, like how many instruments can you play and stuff like this. You're like, yeah. I mean... That's not the point of composing, actually, right? It's a, you're not a library of, of this, uh, like, hard facts, knowledge. It's just, it's exactly the opposite. I was no, I mean, this guy's no one. <laughs> but the funny thing for me was that he knew the answer. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> actually good. So, and he also asked me, who is the inventor of clarinet? And <laughs> so these encounters, they either um, land in my films, like he's landing in my probably next project as a nice. character. <laughs> Or uh, they turn into music, you know. Clingy women, for example. I have this piece, it's called Mario. It's about this lady. Oh my God, I listened to... Sorry, I just remember. I listened to that piece before we even met. Yeah. In a concert uh, in uh, Echo Raum, probably. Echo Raum, yes, yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, that was a really good piece. And then I think you were like the only or like almost the only female composer And I just remember that I was like new in Vienna. I just saw that like piece, that concert, you, and that was it. And then like years later, we meet again oh. in this other thing. I just realized it's you, it's the same person. <laughs> Sorry, continue. <laughs> That's, it's just that it's about a clingy woman because she's asking her partner, where are you going? And he's like, he's going to the moon. And she just keeps not getting that he tries to get away from her. And she's like but you can't breathe there. And then he's like, at least I, I, I'm away from you. I, you're not like sucking my air. And she's like, but I will buy you an oxygen mask and, or it's cold there. And he's like, yeah, but at least your cold hands won't touch my skin. So she doesn't get it. So this is off of a clingy woman <laughs> like that I met somewhere from. Nice. But then it is, yeah. it, it is somehow interesting. I mean, it's good that I asked because then I mean, the word inspiration, I don't like so much in general, but let's talk, let's say, okay, we all understand that inspiration doesn't come from heaven and there's a lot of, you know, uh, but it's so interesting that uh, to hear that in a way your very, your inspiration comes from a very social thing. Uh, and yet the music, the way it's produced and structured, it's like very 
let's say, yeah, structure. So there is like, of course... Yeah, it's very control freak, I would say, in the creation process, you know. For example, I'm very against improvisation. I don't get this medium. Wow, really? It's, yeah, it's like, no, what's happening here? No, we need to have some structure, nice. people. So it's something very painful for me. Um, rarely, I rarely enjoy it. It's so funny. I would have not, never thought of that, like from knowing you a little bit, like you don't look like that at all. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Nice. I mean, you. I, I guess you have to be a little bit, um, not a control, maybe control freaks a little bit strong, but you have to be in charge, especially I'm thinking when you do so many things at the same time, you need tr structure. If not, everything gets messy and you don't finish anything at the end, basically, um, which maybe leads me to another random question. Um, we talked a little bit about the process uh, or how do you approach composing and all of this. Um You, I'm just curious. How do you, how do you know when a piece is done for you? I know for everyone it's different. I'm just since we're talking about also the the this very social aspect of maybe inspiration, and then in contrast you have this very organized. I'm very curious how this kind of pose of a person would decide when a piece is ready. <laughs> um. I don't know. <laughs> I usually keep writing and when it's finished, it's finished. It's like really very linear process. I've never had this process that I work on like this part and the middle and then the end. And then, so I just start from the beginning <laughs> and get to the end and it's done. Okay. Wow. But when we work with musicians, sometimes I change stuff, but it, it's usually very clear. So it's very linear. Yeah. I am the opposite. I am a mess. Like, I uh, really? absolutely, absolutely. And I think you really hear it in my pieces. Although, so you write like the middle and then you go to the beginning and then you write I just it at start the end. writing whatever, like literally improvising. Uh -huh. So, when you it's like we are the opposite. <laughs> I'm, no, I do improvise for forgetting some material, yeah. but for me, like, I would not play. Like, no, yeah. I do the same. I improvise yeah. a lot and then I find the material and then then I realize, okay, this will be maybe the material, the main material, mm -hmm. maybe sub-material. And usually I just do like patches and then somehow I start to find the logic in the... And like you work with text a lot. I guess you have the same as me, like sometimes the text glues the things together. Um, but also you were talking a lot about the music be for you being this kind of abstract creation moment that you can have um how i'm just curious how would you for example how do you describe this uh, why is this abstract yet because the, the the examples you gave me for for the compositions are not very abstract but yet the result is abstract so how do you make this link between okay i'm interested in maybe this energy this woman for example clingy woman how do you come from that to like a non like a, to an abstract atmosphere. Um, you're right. Well, text does not make it abstract at all. It makes it very concrete. Um, so um, texts are a totally different world. Um, I would not call them abstract, but sometimes I use um, languages that I don't understand and I assume people won't understand. So they just hear these voices and if they want to know a bit more, then they can go and understand what the story was. But in the sense of Mario, for example, it was in Spanish. So 
that makes it in a sense abstract for people who don't understand it because they don't understand what it's been said. Um, for instrumental music, um, I would say it is more abstract because you can't explain what's happening. You can't explain explain how you're feeling about it, you know, what's going on. So in that sense, I would say it's very abstract because music is, you know, it's just you don't know what's <laughs> been said there. or Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you now a little bit about the score, if it's okay with you, because I uh, took sure. a quick look. Um, I listened to it before I saw the score, and I was kind of very pleasedly uh, surprised when I saw the way you do you did it. And you said it was you, you mentioned now that it was graphic, but I think the text at the beginning it's basically like the piece could have been just text actually, just like at this do this basically. Um, It could be, but the point is that like they have, there are these musicians who have to get slower, but um, it's not easy um, not to have this getting slow happen at not at the same time. So yeah, you need to like uh, avoid getting slow simultaneously with another musician. So that's basically. But maybe it comes from my control freak. No, no, no. It's, it's super clear. I mean, it makes so much sense, and it's also very clear and nicely written. And uh, I was just, yeah, that's, that's why I also was asking because when I saw the text, I was like, oh, okay, that's the score. And then I was scrolling down. I was like, oh no, that's the score. <laughs> and somehow they, the two things connect. I think it's very easy to understand. Um, How did you arrive to the, I mean, maybe this is too specific, but how did you arrive to this idea of the, you have like five notes, each instrument, and then you have like five points also of retardando. Um, what, what was the, how did you arrive to this idea of narrowing down to five and, and also five retardando? There's like a lot of... Well, um, for, the, for the class, we had to actually... Um, do these graphic notations. We studied the no notations of um, um, Hauptstock Ramati. And um, what you learn in graphic notation is that you kind of have to choose your specific criteria and, and parameters. So you can't have everything. You have to get a limited set of um, parameters that you uh, can um, like put in those graphic notations. And I usually have this approach of making pieces being performable in a short time because in these days we don't really get a lot of rehearsals. So it should be something simple that could sound quite well in, in maybe two or three rehearsals. Um, and um, so that's how, uh, why I thought, okay, we have this phrase, you know, um, and I don't want the people to look at these phrases every time they play it. It's repetitive. So you play just one time and you know you just repeat that till the end, this little phrase. So you can concentrate on the dynamic and on getting slow. So I can't have notes like changing all the time and getting slow and the dynamic. So it's just one thing, um, one constant thing that changes. And uh, for the five things, uh, because um, the piece is uh, condu being conducted, ideally um, we have five fingers usually. <laughs> So it's easier to conduct with one, two, three, four, five. So these are the points that, um, that the conductor gives to the instruments. Like if the clarinet has to get slower, then he looks at the clarinet and gives that number. And those numbers are also points of orientation for other uh, musicians. That's very 
logical and yeah, it makes so much sense and I'm pretty sure it makes it easier for everyone. <laughs> Super nice. Um, it it is funny because it needs a bit of concentration because uh, when the phrases are getting slower, um, well, the first note gets slower first. Like let's say we have four notes, note first, the first note gets slower. And when the second one is supposed to get slower, you have to have the first one also a bit longer than the one before. And this was a bit um, tricky for, for people because you have to remember how long the last one okay, was. Yes. So it's, uh, it's a bit tricky. <laughs> it needs a bit of concentration. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, I understand this. Uh, of course, if you're a performer, especially when you have the, exp the experience of just playing like very everything notated, you don't have to remember sometimes these kind of yeah. subtle things it can be tricky yet i really congratulate you because i think it was such a clever solution for the notation and to achieve the effect that you wanted it's really clear um thank you is there anything else you want to say maybe about the piece itself yeah i mean i realized that well i write pieces in which people have to listen to each other that's why also like um space notations because then you can't rely on your metrum. You have to listen to someone. And so this um, automatically makes the performance more authentic. And um, for um, euthanasia, you have to listen to yourself because you have to know how long your last phrase was. So you do the same. So uh, I like uh, making people, in, encouraging people to listen when they're, when they're playing. So that's maybe one of the things I could also add. Uh, do you? So you you're saying that your pieces in generally you do this um, exercise of listening to each other or to yourself. Yes. Um, is the notation for you then important for that, or is it uh, kind of implied in the music itself? It is very important in the sense that, um, as I said, um, you can't like you can't really have any of my scores. Um, so that you just have this one instrument, uh, like you can't have different parts. Mm -hmm. You all, always need the whole score. So that's what I like because this means that you can't just sit there and do your own thing, you know? Yeah. Um, th that's one of the things. And with graphical notation, I do a lot of graphical notations. I define ranges, for example, um, or I defined a rhythmic pattern with, with graphics because it always comes out more authentic because the musicians have to focus on other things, or on the dynamic. And so this is very important to me. Nice. Thank you. I don't know if you also want to say something else about yourself. Um, for example, I maybe would be interested in asking as a maybe last question, what, what do you feel you're in which direction are you going now? Because as, as you know, for sure, the composers are always changing and evaluating themselves. So I'm kind of curious to ask, where do you see yourself going? For example, not necessarily, I want to write an orchestra piece, but like, are the elements that you are more interested now in developing or how you see your music developing? I'm writing this uh, music theater project now. It's the biggest project that I've ever written, but it's, Again, chamber music, so it's not like an orchestra. I don't know. I, I really don't know. What I think I feel I'm, I'm going to just do the same <laughs> in years, but have more experience in what I'm doing. And um, 
I don't really see any <laughs> developing uh, horizons for myself in the sense that how it's going to change, but we will see. I'm curious. But it's also nice to hear that in a way, I mean, because I read what you're saying more of a, you already have a very strong voice in a way. Maybe you're not saying it like that, but I feel like I'm reading that from you. And this is actually quite also, I don't know, nice to, to have, uh, especially because you're young. How old are you, may I ask? I'm 28. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I think it's great that you already at this stage, you have a voice. And uh, and I like also that you say that you're curious about how it may develop, because as we all know, it will happen. Like, it just happens as we grow. Um, but it's yeah, it's very nice also to hear your background, and um, um, I'm also kind of interested uh, on, for example, your you, you're not from Austria, right? No, I'm from and Iran. You have been living here for a while. I don't know how long. For ten years, and I'm an Austrian citizen. Oh wow! <laughs> Recently, I came. Congrats! Yeah. Congrats! Yes. Super! Wow, that's that's. I understand. <laughs> How yeah, challenging it's <laughs> Wow, yeah. nice. I mean, congratulations on that as well. Thank you. And yeah, I mean, this is also interesting for me. And I said maybe I had the last question, but now I'm <laughs> kind of triggered by this. Um, this must be for you in a way, uh, I don't know, of course, in your personal life, important and significant. But um, have you seen in a way in your create, creative process or your music itself, how this living a, for 10 years in another country, in another culture, and I'm there to say it's completely different to your own culture. Yeah, well, I mean, I, re always, I never felt like very um, dedicated to Iran. I, I don't really feel I belong there anyway. So um, um, it was like home here, you know, it is home. So... It's like um, the, the most uh, of my adult life I've lived here, so all of it basically. And um, so I I don't know if um, I see here as a country I've lived in for ten years. It's just that the place that is very in line with with my um, lifestyle, with my ideas. Like for example, death itself, it has a very um, present um, effect in in the Viennese culture. And they have this bitter uh, humor, for example. And so this is like, it's like, it's, it has to be like this for me. And uh, of course it has its effects um, on, on my, uh, yeah, um, in my art. But um, I see it as a very <laughs> proper, suitable um, thing that has happened. Yeah. It's really nice to hear that. And your music also feels that it's very set, like centered and settled in a way. And this is uh, refreshing. I, I've heard uh, not so much of yours, uh, of your music, but what I've heard, it feels so kind of down to earth, rooted. And this is again very nice. So uh, thank you. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, I think um, we we can. You can still add anything if you want. Um, but if not, we can uh, now proceed to your piece. To listen to your piece. And again, I thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. And we will see each other in person again soon, I hope. Yes, definitely. <laughs> thank you so much. Take care. <laughs>
Thank you.